Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, this is Dr. Alexis Moreno on Wit and Reason, and I'm here with Jordan Madison, who works as a marriage and family therapist at Friends in Transition Counseling Services, a Black-owned private practice in Bethesda. Through her work, she has continued to fuel her passion for reducing mental health stigma in the Black community, restoring relationships, and helping couples build strong foundations to create healthy families. So Jordan and I will be talking about... Not necessarily the relationships itself or how to maintain it strong, but if you get to that point of when it's time to call it splits, when it's time to break up, or in some cases, even if it's like time to get a divorce. So regardless of what type of relationship you're in, we're going to be walking you through how do you make that decision of ending an intimate relationship with somebody and how does that impact you in every way possible, including your brain, um, your emotions, the grieving process, and then finally, what you need to do to make sure that you're going through that process in a really healthy way so that we could come to terms of acceptance and healing. Welcome to Wit and Reason, hosted by psychologist Dr. Alexis Moreno. Dr. Moreno brings her expertise to providing smart and practical explanations on human behavior by interviewing diverse health experts regarding today's ever-evolving life and culture, turning social science and research into relatable, accessible, and useful information you can use. Listen now as Dr. Moreno brings a little bit of positive mental health to your day. All right, so thank you so much, Jordan, for joining us today. Thanks for having me. All right, so did you know that you can search celebrity breakups online and quickly get a comprehensive list of celebrity breakups by year and severity? Okay. So people seem to be really interested in watching people go through breakups or like learning about them. Mm-hmm. And yeah. what do you think that that's all about from like a psychological perspective? I think celebrities are put on such a high pedestal and breakups are something that everyone can relate to. So I think they're like, oh, wow, I want to see like what's going on, what made them break up and, you know, what's 
what's all the behind the scenes of the relationship. So I think that's what the the focus is. Yeah, it seems to be really um, like dramatized too. Mm-hmm. So you would you might you know be at the market and you see those magazines mm-hmm. at the checkout, right? And you see right there on the front cover like so and so just split up and what it's going to happen with their kids, and it's like very sensationalized mm-hmm. too, which must be really difficult for people going right. through that, especially the celebrities and especially if there's kids involved. Yeah. You know, it's like everyone knows your family's business and so how to cope with that and how to just try to live a, a normal life. Right. So there's a sense of intrigue and drama that just mm-hmm. as human beings we kind of have, right. you know. Um, and there's also this other flip side of it where it kind of helps normalize people's experiences because they're like, oh, well, if this high profile celebrity with mm-hmm. all this you know, wealth and fame, you know, is struggling in their intimate relationships. I am too. It just kind of seems like, um, uh, like a relatable, as you mentioned, Mm -hmm. kind of perspective. Yeah. And I think Mm -hmm. on the flip side, fans look forward, not look forward to the breakups, but especially with singers, they look forward to, oh, well, that means good music. I think Adele, I think Adele (laughs) and her, her relationship has ended and everyone's like, wow, okay, that's really sad. But at least we know the next album is going to be great. Really passionate. A lot of singers, right, turn that pain into passion. And so I think that's something that people look forward to in a sad, sick way. Maybe like the silver lining. Right, right. You know, they get they get really creative work out of it. But I mean, artists have definitely been. I mean, when I think of Beyonce and Jay Z, they had a they're a very private couple. You Uh don't know anything about them until they're really ready to talk about it. Right. But all the great work that came out of that, and they did an album together, showing you know how they got back together. They had their ten year vow renewal. Jay Z talked about you know going to therapy and how that helped him in uh-huh. realizing, you know, he was about to lose his wife and Beyonce created great, uh-huh. <laughs> a great album from it, yeah. you know? So I think that, you know, artists are really able to turn their passion or their pain, sorry, yeah. into passionate songs, artwork, pieces that we can relate to. Right. And I, I like that you mentioned what Beyonce and JC were going through and how they process that creatively for their mm-hmm. fan base right and kind of walk them through that process too yeah. you know and 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 also that JC mentioned that he went through therapy yeah he did a really long <laughs> interview know? with the the New York Times i believe yeah so, so we'll was... we'll find that and post it on wittenreason.com yeah, so, so you guys could could check it out um so even even though celebrity and high profile relationships and especially breakups are very intriguing to us when it comes to in real life, mm-hmm. it's a whole other story, mm-hmm. right? So we might get some kind of uh, interest and um, an excitement from watching somebody else go through it, mm-hmm. um, especially if they're so detached from us as a celebrity status. Right. But when we are down here, you know, in real life, <laughs> going, through going through relationship problems, it can be incredibly difficult. So... What has been your experience as a mental health professional working with people who are really struggling within the relationships first to even try to come to terms with, do do I need to break up with this person? Yeah, I think I have a few clients that come to mind where it's just trying to decide, okay, I've been in this relationship for X amount of years. Yeah. Is this worth it? Or 
no, we haven't been married too long, but we've been together so long. And do I want to just give up on the marriage and throw things away? Mm -hmm. And I think it really comes down to your personal boundaries and also what you're willing to accept and what you're willing to handle. You know, every relationship, there's certain things that are just going to happen. No one's perfect. It's two individuals coming together, trying to build a life together. There's different backgrounds, different cultures, different values that just are going to come up and there may be conflict and conflict isn't always a bad thing. But I think the deciding to end something can be really hard. And Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people look at the time that they've invested and they're like, well, I don't want to throw this away. But it's like, okay, well, do you also want to spend the rest of your life feeling this way? You know, maybe ripping off the Band-Aid and hurting right now can help you heal and then, you know, have a better future. Be a better investment for you in your future. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So do you find that people are coming to seek mental health services prior to breaking up to kind of help come to terms with that decision? Or do people tend to come after while they're going through the breakup process and or just depends? (laughs) Um, At least in my experiences, most of my clients come before the breakup it's they coming with relationship distress yeah you know the the relationship is stressing them out so not always will therapy provide clarity of we need to break up sometimes Mm -hmm. clarity will provide i mean sometimes therapy Mm -hmm. will provide clarity of okay this is what we can do to work together to save the relationship but then on other hands you know therapy and working on yourself helps you realize your values and I don't want to do this anymore. Mm -hmm. I'm not in this space or this is not healthy for me. And so it can lead to that. Mm -hmm. Um, So most of my clients, yeah, it's before the breakup happens, just stressors are going on or they're seeing red flags Mm -hmm. and they're just kind of like, I don't know if this is what I want to do. Yeah. So I think it's beforehand. And what's your process working with people when they're coming in and that in that stage where they're like, things aren't working out, but I don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, my first thing is always patience Mm -hmm. because I think as as mental health providers and therapists, we want to fix the problem. Uh So if someone comes in like, oh, I don't know what to do. This person's hurting me in this way, or I'm not happy. My gut reaction would be like, okay, well, you know, get happy. You know, I just want to fix it. (laughs) But um, having patience because Mm -hmm. it's not easy to end a relationship at all. And so having patience with your client and then also helping them realize their values and realize if they're getting what they want out of the relationship. Mm -hmm. So not the um, really small day to day, like, is your partner buying you gifts or, you know, doing those those small things that can vary depending Mm -hmm. on situations but are you feeling fulfilled do you feel like your partner cares about you do you trust your partner do you really see a future you Mm -hmm. know with your partner and trying to get the answers to that and I think people come to therapists expecting us to tell them what to do yeah (laughs) which can be stressful Uh, but that's not my goal my goal is you know I I view it as you're the expert of your life yeah and so I'm just helping you see what would make you feel best. Right. So in in mental health, um, when people would come in, the therapist role is really to be that kind of sounding board, Mm -hmm. you know, and hear really actively listen to what's going on, reflect it back to you, and then guide you through a process by asking you questions Mm -hmm. about, okay, how are things going for you? And as you mentioned, like, is this fulfilling? What are your values? What are your boundaries? Mm -hmm. How is this relationship or whatever the issue is um, impacting those? And so unlike other fields um, in mental health, the goal is really to allow the client to really get a better understanding for themselves and what they need. Because, I mean, 
we could go ahead and tell you whatever we think, but it's mm-hmm. not going to be as effective as if you really work through what's right for you and come to the de- to the decision yourself. Yeah, you know, and that's what's important. Yeah, um, I had a history of working with um, a lot of uh, victims of domestic violence, mm-hmm. and that could be a really challenging. Um, population to work with because of course you know as a mental health provider in in this seat you want to work with people and you just want them to be happy and healthy Mm -hmm. you know of course you want your clients to be happy and healthy but you also have to have the patience of letting them navigate their own life and make their own decisions Mm -hmm. and you just try to be that supportive kind of soundboard as much as possible right yeah and and realize that in domestic violence situations also that there's a cycle of abuse and so clearly they're also focusing on he's not always or she's not always mm-hmm. an abuser you know right. there are good times too and they don't want to lose that and yeah. so having that patience <clears throat> because I think it can be really easy to want to say okay well you need to leave or right. you need to do this um <laughs> and that's probably what they're getting from all their friends and family exactly you know, if they are in contact with them and so that's why therapy I think is really important and it's not even about if you have serious you know mm-hmm. mental health issues or anything like that but sometimes just having an objective person who does not know you who can ask those questions. You know, Mm -hmm. one of my favorite questions is, okay, well, what does that mean? You know, Mm -hmm. challenging their assumptions. So if we break up, then that means that I'll be single again. Okay, well, what does being single again mean? Well, then that means that my timeline is messed up. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, then what does the timeline messing up mean? You know, just really asking that over and over again to get to what their core beliefs are. Right, and just really breaking it down for people. Mm -hmm. And it's so nice to have somebody to talk to you that's objective, too, because... Friends or family members may may have your best interest at heart, you know, but then again, may not know exactly what you truly want or need, mm-hmm. you know, so it's really a process for the, each individual to go through for themselves. Right. And yeah. I mean, they're going to be on your side. They're going to say, well, you need to leave him oh, or yeah. you need to do guy's a- this. So <laughs> she's, she's not good enough for you. Right. Or, you know, it's going to be that uh-huh. again with good intentions and yeah. trying to defend you and making you feel better. But sometimes you also need to be held accountable. Yeah, sometimes exactly. Sometimes you need to see, okay, she's not doing this or he's not doing this, but I'm not doing this part either. So how is, what am I doing affecting our cycle? Right. So there's a lot that goes into it. And Uh sometimes friends and family are definitely a great support system, Mm -hmm. but sometimes you need a little more. Yeah, totally agree. So we're going to break down breakups in three phases. So first, um, deciding to break up, then your brain during a breakup and the grieving process. And healing, okay, which is the ideal situation, right? Right. <laughs> um, so it's a so we're going to talk about this in a beautiful beginning, middle, and end kind of phase. And if only breakups were that clean and structured, right, Jordan? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so we'll organize this conversation that way. But just know, in real life, it's not typically just that clean and simple. Right. Breakups are complicated and can be really chaotic. And we'll talk a little bit more about how that kind of plays out for people. Mm-hmm. All right. So deciding to break up, but we've talked about that a little bit. Um, but what do you think are like some main things that people should keep in mind when they're deciding whether or not to break up with someone or go through a divorce separation? Um, so some of the main things, I think one, we, we kind of touched on the abuse situation. Yeah. And so one safety, if you're in an abusive situation, I'm not saying to stay solely because you're scared of being hurt more Mm because there are resources that we will, uh, I know that you will post, Um, but making sure that you're in a safe place to do that mentally Mm -hmm. as well. You know, you don't want to, a breakup 
is sad, yeah. but it's also supposed to be, if you're the one initiating, it's supposed to be in a sense, a sense of relief of knowing, okay, I know this is painful. I know this is really hard to do, but something in me knows that this isn't right for me. Yeah. And so that's why I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. And so hopefully there's a sense of relief. So that's one thing though, that you feel safe. Yeah. Um, and then on, on that note, so when, when you mention abuse, what we're talking about for our listeners to understand, mm-hmm. um, and we talked about this a, a little bit on our show, but if you, if you didn't hear those episodes, when we're talking about abuse in a dating relationship, we're talking about, um, could be sexual abuse, um, emotional abuse, or psychological abuse, um, or physical abuse. And that could play out in so many different ways from like talking down to you or um, embarrassing you or um, pressuring you to do things that you're not comfortable with, mm-hmm. um, controlling what you do or what you say, what you wear. Yeah, what you wear. Um, you'll start to notice um, patterns of the um, perpetrator of abuse, trying to isolate the person. Mm-hmm. And it could even be done in such a sweet and charming way like, hey, um, I love you so much. I just want to spend all this time with you mm-hmm. ever and don't go hang out with your friends or your family, you right, know, right. <laughs> spend more time with me. Right. Yeah. Um, so watch out for those things. And as far as, um, dating abuse is concerned, I mean, it's, it's not uncommon. So nearly half of dating college women report experiencing violent and abusive dating behaviors. Um, even down in, uh, high school, Let's see, nearly 1.5 million high school students nationwide experience physical abuse from a dating partner in a single year. So when we talk about abusive relationships, a lot of people think domestic violence, like marriage, mm-hmm. but this kind of stuff starts happening very just young, very young, even in, in social the, media, I'm even sure in the dating. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's that's like, even technology abuse people. Yeah. Um, that's the thing as well, as far as like forcing you to give out your password and, you know, mm-hmm. to control your social media and right. inspect it all the time, you know, that jealousy. But so, um, that's a really good piece that I like that you brought up first on deciding to end a relationship might be because there's abuse there, violence, mm-hmm. something unhealthy going on. Um, and if that's the case, you could get more information at breakthecycle.org and loveisrespect.org. And we'll have links to those websites as well, where you could find out what it's all about and even get resources to that. Okay. So what are some, so let's say it's not like abuse and violence, right? right? right. But it's something else isn't, isn't going on. So mm-hmm. how does somebody come to terms with that decision. Yeah. I think it's then you go to the values. You go to what you want out of a relationship yeah. and looking for that intentionally. So mm-hmm. again, maybe not the small part of like I want gifts and I want this every single Wednesday and uh-huh. I want this, but just I want to feel important or I want to feel like I matter mm-hmm. to the person that I'm with. Yeah. And if your person is continuously not making you feel like you matter, then maybe that's a sign of, okay, this isn't what I want and I don't feel fulfilled. Yeah. Or if, you know, communication is really big for you. I, I think communication is really big in any relationship. Yeah. Um, and each person communicates in different ways. But if you're constantly trying to communicate with your partner and they shut it down or mm-hmm. they ignore you or they get upset because you're bringing up your feelings yeah. um, and then you're not being able to feel heard, then that's another, I think that's a, a great reason to decide, okay, this is not the relationship for me. I want to be able to feel like I have a voice. I want to be able to feel like I can trust my partner and not necessarily just about the fidelity part, Mm -hmm. which is a big part. I know cheating is definitely a really high reason that Mm -hmm. people break up. Um, 
but there's also people that stay after that. And so, you know, depending on what your boundaries are or Mm -hmm. what you feel like you can handle, that's where it comes down to. But just trusting that you, that you know, that your partner has your best interests at heart. Right. And so if you feel like you are not able to give your partner the benefit of the doubt, Mm -hmm. are not able to see the good in them all the time, um, no one is good all the time, but even if in their bad times, if you can say like, you know what, they're just having a bad day mm-hmm. or, you know, things are hard right now. Mm-hmm. But if in your mind you're like, no, this is how they are as a person. Yeah. And that may not be the person that you want to be with. You right. know, um, I think a good question is if your partner did not change at all mm-hmm. and just stayed exactly how they were, where, would you be happy? Because I think a lot of us fall for the potential. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. we or we fall for what they did in the past. Mm-hmm. And so we're not focused on the present. We're yeah. just focused on what well, they did it before. So I know they have the potential to do it again. Uh-huh. But it's focusing on, okay, if nothing changed mm-hmm. and they stayed like this, would you be able to be in a relationship with them? Right. That acceptance and commitment therapy, huh? Right. <laughs> so by acceptance, we mean you're accepting reality, right. what's going on in real life here and now. Um, and that doesn't mean that you're excusing it um, or that you agree with it, but you accept what reality is. Mm-hmm who this person is, how they behave, how they treat you. And then with that acceptance, then you get to decide, okay, now that I acknowledge this is the reality and I accept it, now what? Right. Does this work for me? Do I want to stay with this or is this not what I can handle and I don't want this anymore? Right. Don't live in a fantasy world of limerence from your first honeymoon stages of the relationship, you know, and try not to um, come victim to the the vicious uh, cycle of abuse where it's really rough and abusive and violent and then there's a honeymoon stage and it's really sweet and apologetic and flowers and gifts mm-hmm. and time and attention and love uh, or f- physical contact and then back all over again mm-hmm. you know so it's it is really helpful to have someone to talk to because then they could bring that awareness to you about like what patterns have been going on in your relationship is this something that is um, long-standing right. issue or or core characteristic issue of a partner um, or is this just like a, a hiccup or a season in the relationship? Mm-hmm. You know, um, one of the questions that we get a lot um, in therapy and deciding to break up is, am I asking for too much? Mm-hmm. You know, there's a, a really healthy, empowering movement, you know, that's been going on since the 60s where it's like, it's important for us to be able to find self-love and respect Um and attention from ourselves right? instead of having to go out to another person to get it. And at the same time, in a loving relationship, you may want that attention, you know, and, and respect and love from another person. Mm -hmm. So how do you, how do you help people find that line between this is what you need to do for yourself Mm -hmm. and something you need to be able to provide for yourself, that love and respect and, um, and, self-worth and this is also what you can expect from your partner too how do you balance that I think that's really hard right because um (laughs) self-love is definitely become a big movement yeah which is a positive thing yeah um but not too much to the point where you feel like okay I I have to only receive this type of love from myself you know Mm -hmm. I think it's unrealistic to to think that you only have to give that to yourself and that your partner is not responsible for any of it 
Now, I don't think that your your partner is responsible for all of it. Mm -hmm. But I do think if you're in a relationship, then it's not asking for too much to feel like you have a partner. You have someone who Mm -hmm. makes you feel good, who's reciprocating the love that you're giving them. And so you do have to ask, are you giving the same things that you're asking for? Are you giving that to your partner Mm -hmm. and they're not giving it back? Because if you're giving it willfully and it doesn't seem like it's too much or too too much of a burden for you to give, yeah. then that can also help you realize, like, I'm not asking for too much. It's different people are able to balance relationships uh-huh. and personal life and job demands and all that that goes on. But being able to say, I know I'm not asking for too I'm not asking for specific gifts or specific amount of money spent. I just want quality time mm-hmm. or I just want my partner to make me feel good yeah. and I'm able to do that for them mm-hmm. you know even if I've had a long day at work so yeah. why aren't they able to do the same for me right and so trying to put it into perspective I think and then also monitor you know if you're if you are providing that for yourself mm-hmm. like you are doing things that bring you joy mm-hmm. you are working on um creating a ha- happy life for yourself so you have that foundation that you are doing for yourself and you are looking to your partner to also complement that and help create an environment of love and support and respect, right? you know, um, and happiness and fun, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that part's missing, then, right. then that could be a big indicator too. Yeah. yeah. Because I think definitely you can provide the words about the same love languages that you look for your partner mm-hmm. to provide. You can also give them to yourself definitely. in different ways, yeah. <laughs> but it's, we, we, as humans, we crave connection yeah. and it's, necessary to feel that acceptance and that love and that nurturing and Mm -hmm. that desire from other people and specifically the person that you're spending your life with because if it's not there then then what's the point of the relationship right Mm -hmm. it might as well then you might as well be single if you're the only one giving that to yourself right so something to to take a look at so it's definitely deciding to break up is a case-by-case and personal decision um, that each each individual needs to make for themselves. It's encouraged that it's based on your true core values um, and that you have a solid understanding of, okay, there's going to be some expected challenges in a relationship because you have two different individuals from two different families and upbringings coming in to this relationship together. And um, there might be some like figuring out mm-hmm. <laughs> that you have to communicate with your partner. Um, so there's going to be some challenges in, in any relationships and some conflicts, you know, right. uh, and you also have to be mindful of like, okay, I understand that. And what are my deal breakers? You know? Right. So you mentioned boundaries, mm-hmm. you know, so how do I identify what my boundaries are in this relationship? Right. So that's something for everybody to figure out for themselves. And if that needs to lead to a breakup. Um, and then of course, one of those boundaries could be, abuse, mm-hmm. you know? All right. So this is your brain on a breakup. Studies tend to be about those who are heartbroken rather than the heartbreakers. So the research is still a little limited, but neuroimaging studies have found that being rejected, even by a stranger, activates many of the same regions in the brain as when experiencing physical pain. So this actually does feel could feel like physical pain. 
Um, there's researchers who found that when they studied um, people who had been recently dumped and they were looking at pictures of their exes and they were in an MRI scanner, they found that there was increased brain activity in several regions associated with reward, motivation, addiction, and obsessive compulsive disorder, which helps to explain why people might struggle to let go for when a romantic relationship ends. Uh, other studies also found that there are patterns of brain activity consistent with feelings of sadness, um, rumination, and chronic depression. Um, and then other studies, again, continue to support patterns consistent with depression. So it's a very real thing. It's not, you're not just being extra drama if you're struggling right. during a breakup. It's not easy. Yeah, you are experiencing like biological, physiological responses to a breakup. It is in, It can be incredibly difficult process to go through. So let's talk about the seven stages of grieving a breakup. Um, there's a great article by Dr. Um, Latchman that you provided, Jordan, mm -hmm. and we'll post that up on witandreason.com so you guys could take a look. And the different stages are... You're going to be desperate for answers. Right. Right. Where did it go wrong? What happened? Wondering, what replaying things over and over in your head. Mm -hmm. There might even be some denial. Uh, this isn't happening. Everything's fine. Right. Right. Or, or, I mean, we've broken up before, but we're not really over. Oh, yeah. That's that's a good example, too. <laughs> Bargaining. Um, relapse is a big one. Huge. <laughs> because it's like you break up and then you go back together again because things are going to be different this time. Mm -hmm. That's a normal part of the process. Or like you break up, you're like, oh my gosh, I feel so miserable because your brain's going crazy. <laughs> um, and you're like, this must be true love if I'm feeling so miserable. It must yes. have been a mistake. Right. You know? And like the article, and it may take a few relapses to realize, okay, no, this, this yeah. really isn't it. Yeah. So it's a very normal part of the process. Um, anger maybe some initial accept, uh, acceptance and then redirected hope. So definitely take a look at that articles because it breaks it down for you. It's a really great one. Um, and we're going to go ahead and go into the healing process now. Okay. So Jordan, you shared an article with me, um, by Dr. Joy called there's no moving on from a breakup. There's only moving through. Right. Right. And this is from therapyforblackgirls.com. And we'll have this on our website as well. And so what are some main um, what are some main points that you got from from that article? So her four points were one, to allow yourself to really feel all of the emotions. Yeah. Two, get physical. So she suggested like maybe kickboxing or something to get the anger out. Um, three, start something new, um, which I think is really good. Now that you're out of a relationship, you have all this time to, you know, Focus on yourself and redirect some of that energy. And then her last one was not to remain in contact with your ex. It yeah. may seem like, okay, well, let's just try and be friends. Mm -hmm. But it might be best to just cut all ties and really focus on that healing and missing them and grieving. Yeah. And then, you know, processing it on your own. Yeah. I, I really appreciated that Dr. Joy first started off the article with saying, allow yourself to really feel all of the emotions that surface. Right. It's way too many times in life where people just try to numb or mm -hmm. push down the emotions. And one of the best things that you could do for yourself is to learn, regardless of what's going on in life, learn how to really experience those emotions yep. and work through them um, because they're going to ebb and flow 
you know, and they're not going to be there forever. So a breakup is a good time to practice feeling really uncomfortable emotions and learning how to just deal. It really is. Right. And any tips that you have, Jordan? Um, I think that Dr. Joy really hit the nail on the head with those four ones. So I would just say continuing to focus on yourself and remembering that healing is not a linear process. So you may feel like you're over it. And if something reminds you and you get sad all over again, then go back to those same points. Still allow yourself to feel the emotions and process it and be gentle with yourself and patient. That's excellent. And if you need extra support, Jordan's here for you. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So uh, Jordan's contact information will be on our website at witandreason.com. So make sure to visit witandreason.com to get links to the resources we shared on today's show and to connect with me, Dr. Alexis Moreno, and marriage and family therapist, Jordan Madison. Did you hear something on the show today that you relate to on a personal level? Share your story. Send us your recording on witandreason.com slash speakup, and we may be able to post it on our Breakups and Healing show page to help others navigate to the end of their romantic relationship. A special thank you to DC Radio and Jordan Madison. And of course, thank you all for listening. Stay posted on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at Wit and Reason and DC Radio for our next show. I'm Dr. Alexis Moreno. Let's keep the conversation going. You've been listening to Wit and Reason with psychologist Dr. Alexis Moreno. For more information, visit witandreason.com. 